0: Get ready for your weekly dose of inspiration and motivation from spiritual entrepreneurs that carry the love and experience to help you find happiness regardless of how your morning starts. Sit back with a coffee or tune in during your morning commute and manifest with us. You're listening to Inspirational Morning with your host, Victoria Scanlon. Hey guys, happy May 11th. Welcome back to another episode, episode 27. We're getting well into the 30s. I'm so glad that we're almost there. Anyways, though, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad to talk to you guys today. Um, Recent updates, Hmm, since I last talked to you guys. Well, I went full-time with real estate, may have told you that. I joined a group um, on like Thursday, I think, Uh, the Travinsky Group in real estate so that I could have some mentorship. And honestly, I think it was the best thing I've ever done. He has a lot of tools and resources available, my team leader, Jim, and they seem like really good people. We have a lot in common, so I'm excited for that. And within the first weekend, I got like four appointments and an open house. So I've been working hard. I've been doing my best. I'm putting a Key Realty logo on the back of my car with my phone number to market myself in the local area. And last but very, very not least, Sterling is trying to walk. Can you believe it? He's only seven months old and he's already trying to walk. Like when we hold him, obviously he's supported when he's standing, but he can stand himself up with support. Um, He just grabs onto something and stands himself up. It's the wildest thing. And then like a few days ago, he started taking steps while we held his arm. I could not believe it. And he only did it for about a day or two and then he hasn't really since, which is okay because I don't know if that's necessarily good for their legs this young, but it was definitely super cool. I got to put that in his baby book. Um, getting into the podcast today, May 11th, the very first point I have written down here is so funny. It says there's no restrictions in shopping. <laughs> And that's so funny to me because I have just purchased a bunch of stuff that I needed for real estate. Like, you know, folders, open house flags, stuff like that. Um, The back vinyls for my car. Um, And then a pen for the baby. Like those, it's like those big play pens, but it's like seven feet by five feet. So they have a whole space to walk around and crawl around and have toys in. Um, So that's really funny because. It's been a spending week for me, but there's no restrictions. You can totally, totally do so, and you're fine doing whatever. I've tried to make sure that our expenditures this week are, like, beneficial for either marketing myself as a realtor or marketing pseudo-farm CBD or taking care of my baby now that he's in new developmental stages of life, things like that. But, hey, no restrictions. It's fun for me. I'm um, going over this This episode, we're going to be going over the current moon cycle, as always, and we're going to be talking about unblocking blockages. I'm going to read a couple excerpts, excerpts, how do you say that word, from one of my favorite books. I talk about it all the time, The Wheels of Life, A User's Guide to the Chakra System by Anodia Judith. I absolutely love this book so much. I think it's my favorite in the world. I've told you guys this every time I mention it. And then we're going to be talking very briefly about the law of attraction before we head out. And getting started with this episode info, we are in a waxing gibbous in Virgo. Haha, where my Virgo's at? My earth signs. You know what's so funny about that side point? Me and my boyfriend are both earth signs and our son is a water sign. And I remember when I talked, talked to you guys about him... And his sign and his birth date in the previous episodes when I introduced him. I said the wrong things. I said he was a fire sign uh, Sagittarius, but he's a Scorpio. (laughs) I just made myself laugh. But yeah, we're in a Virgo moon. um, Waxing gibbous, which is so nice. Um, The pancreas, small intestine, rectum, digestive tract, eyes and ears are all sensitive at this time. And it really cracks me up because every time I have an episode where I speak on the sensitive areas of the body, just because it goes with the moon cycles, it's relevant to our life. So I'm always going to tell you guys, but I end up hearing mostly my mom and my boyfriend complain about certain areas of their body without realizing that I do that because they don't listen to the podcast and they don't listen to me record the podcast. And then they're like, oh, my hip hurts or my thigh hurts or my knee hurts. And I'm like... You guys know that that's literally something I just talked about, right? Like, <laughs> yes, I'm sure it does because that is a sensitive area of the body according to the moon cycles right now. And they're like, no way. <laughs> um, Right now, you could be having the feeling of safety needing to be related to order and clarity. You know, as is a Virgo mind, you may need to organize um, everything not even gonna not even gonna play it. You're going to need to organize everything. And if you're feeling it, you're just feeling Virgo vibes. I am constantly like that. Any Virgo that I know is constantly like that and you guys may be getting a little sprinkling of how we are <laughs> at least the last few days. But recommendations from astrologers is to try being more tolerant. And accept imperfections of life because, you know, speaking about how Virgos are, we really are perfectionists. And we need everything to be in line, perfect, organized, logical, and sometimes we get caught up in that and a little emotional or stressed. So, right now it's recommending to just try to be more tolerant of things like that. It's better to trust the universe and let everything run its own way and go with the flow, you know? Go with the flow. Ain't that the, like, the motto of all spiritual people? (laughs) Even if even if we're not really the best at it. <laughs> Some people are really good at that. Me being a Virgo, not so much. Sometimes I'm very particular. <laughs> but not everything has to be according to expectation, okay? That's something I need to work on. And that may be something you guys are feeling right now, you know? Not sure. Usually it does work out that way. Um, moving on to waxing gibbuses. They are a great period in the month, okay? This is right before the crest of the full moon. Waxing gibbous moons symbolize um, the concept of final steps, right? It's a time of the month where people strive to finish projects just as the moon strives to become full, right? It represents the hardest part of the month, but luckily, Virgo energy gives you the strength to be organized, analytical, and practical enough to do so in a healthy fashion, right? The full moon coming in, like, I think four days now. It's on the 16th. What's the date? The 11th? Yeah, about five days is the full moon. And you guys know I love full moons and new moons. Very peak pivotal points in every single month when you follow moon cycles, which my regular listeners, I imagine you probably do as much as you can, which is probably why you listen as much as you do. And thank you, by the way. But it is the flower moon. The next full moon is the flower moon, and I'm so excited because we will be focusing on releasing a flower moon episode this week. Leading up to this full moon and our next episode, focus on breathing and centering yourself to come at the peak wildness of emotion that may be thrown at you. The flower moon brings transformation, which is the trend of the beginning of spring and summer. As we saw last month too, and as we talked about in the last episode, we're just continuing the cycle of transformation. It began with the beginning of spring, and it's continuing through the beginning of summer. This is an incredibly transformative part of the year, you guys, where you don't necessarily have to gung-ho go at it. You don't have to be focusing all your time and energy and focus into manifesting or working hard, things like that. Times of rest are very important. Times of spending time with family and especially your children or significant others, your parents is important and always necessary no matter where you're at in life and no matter what, our beautiful, lovely moon is beaming at us, right? But this is a transformative time. We had a whole episode last episode, 26, talking about transformation. I definitely recommend listening to it because I'm not going to get into it right now, but it is important and a beautiful, beautiful time of the year. You're going to see lots of positive changes and maybe some changes that aren't so positive or easy, but that are meant to happen, right? You're you're moving forward on your path. The universe has got your back. And even if some changes kind of suck because that's the nature of change sometimes, it's okay. You're going where you're meant to go. And this is a really beautiful time period of the year. One where I find myself 50-50 motivated and organized and disorganized and tired. (laughs) But it's a a good balance and it always pushes me through to the end of the summer, you know, manifesting goals and doing well and loving myself and my family in the process, right? Now, I want to talk about unblocking blockages with you guys, especially because I truly believe that in said transformative periods of the year, it's very important to go through things blocking up your energy and your mind and soul and actions. You know what I mean? Like you can't necessarily, you you can, but it's more smooth of a transition, I feel, if you work on diving into yourself to go through the things you've held on to or just kind of let block up, you know? So, let's talk about it. The body's made of energy, man, and we could do a whole episode about the physical body, spiritual body, soul, and the chakra systems, but the bottom line is that everything is energy. Nikola Tesla said, energy cannot be created nor destroyed, so you can't make energy for yourself to come out of nowhere when you're tired or manifesting, but you can harness the existing energy within you, purify it, and flow it to where you need it to go, whether that's Focusing on transformation or manifesting what you want, or focusing it into times of rest or into healing yourself or building relationships—you know what I mean. Now, with that energy can be blocked up too, unintentionally when we hold on to anger or trauma, bad habits or thoughts, etc. It gets blocked up in the corresponding area of the body. For instance, insecurity can get locked up in the gut, anger in the root chakra um negative or mean words in your throat, bad thoughts in your head or crown chakra, etc. and these blockages can cause manifested problems. Like when you hold on to negative self-image or thoughts, that can that crown blockage can show up in the form of a habit of thinking negatively regularly or reacting angrily or viewing yourself as not good enough or not healthy, you know? When you hold on to anger or trauma, that harnesses angry emotions. It can show as a habit of reacting angrily or, you know, low patience. You can also see it in your body. Root chakra blockages can show in hormonal imbalances, heavy painful periods, unhealthy bowel movements, and more. You know, this, this goes for every area of the body. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not diagnosing anything or whatever. But in the spiritual community, this is a common knowledge. It is very useful to know the correlation of chakra, body parts, and environmental factors. And I believe I've done this before for you guys um, when we went through a meditation technique I used based on this, but we're going to go over it today as well as the meditation because it breaks through blockages like no other. And there's no way, like no better way in the world to explain it than to read you guys a few entries from my favorite book. As I said in the beginning of the episode, The Wheels of Life, A User's Guide to the Chakra System by Anodia Judith. And let me scroll through the book to the part I want to start with. We already read the history of the chakra system in a previous episode this last month or so. So we are going to read a couple different spots of this book. And I'll give you a brief explanation. We're going to read how the chakras work. And the liberation and manifestation cycles, okay? I kind of want to read to you guys about um, Kundalini and Shiva and Chakti and stuff, but I'll save that for another episode. I think that these sections of the book really fit here. Now, this is page 16. I highly recommend getting this book yourself. Like seriously, I seriously recommend it. But this is page 16, section How the Chakras Work. Now that we have examined the history of the chakra system, let's take a deeper look at the chakras themselves and examine how they might work their powerful influence on the mind and body. As mentioned before, the word chakra is a Sanskrit word meaning wheel or disc, and it denotes a point of intersection where the mind and body meet. Chakras are also called lotuses, symbolizing the unfolding of flower petals, which metaphorically describe the opening of a chakra. The beautiful lotus flowers are sacred in India. Growing from mud, they symbolize a path of development from a primitive being to a fully blossoming consciousness, mirroring the base chakra rooted in earth, which evolves into the thousand-petaled lotus at the crown of the head. Like lotuses, chakras have petals which vary in number from the chakra to chakra. Beginning at the bottom with the first chakra, the petals number 4, 6, 10, 12, 16, 2, and 1,000 petals. Like flowers, chakras can be opened or closed, dying or budding, depending on the state of consciousness within. The chakras are gateways between various dimensions, centers where activity of one dimension, such as emotion and thought, connects and plays on another dimension, which, such as our physical bodies. This interaction, in turn, plays on our interactions with others and thus influences another dimension, our activities in the outside world. Take, for example, the emotional experience of fear, related to the first chakra. Fear affects our body in certain ways. We feel butterflies in our stomach, our breath is short, and our voice and hands may shake. These physical characteristics betray our lack of confidence in dealing with the world and may lead others to treat us in a negative way, perpetuating our fear. This fear may have its roots in an unresolved childhood experience, yet still rules our behavior. To work with the chakras is to heal ourselves of old constricting patterns lodged in the body or the mind or habitual behavior. The sum total of the chakras forms a vertical column in our bodies called Shishunma. This column is a central integrating channel for connecting the chakras in their various dimensions. It can be thought of as a superhighway on which these energies travel, just as our asphalt highways are channels through which physical items travel from the manufacturer to the consumer. We could say that pure consciousness, divine mind, god, goddess, the force, nature, etc., to the consumer, which is the mental and physical individual here on the earth plane. One could view the chakras as being major cities located along the highway, each responsible for producing their own kind of goods. Rather than cities, however, I view them as sacred chambers in the temple of the body, where the vital force of consciousness can pool together on different levels. Traveling beside, around, and through the sushumna, There are also many back roads, such as the Chinese acupuncture meridians and the thousands of other nadis, subtle energy conduits, which Hindus have found within the subtle body. Nadis can be thought of as alternate channels, such as the telephone network, gas lines, or stream beds, where we have special channels for moving certain kinds of energy, all passing through the same vortex. If you would like to experience what a chakra feels like, the following is an example exercise for opening the hand chakras and experiencing their energy. Extend both arms out in front of you, parallel to the floor with elbows straight. Turn one hand up and one hand down. Now quickly open and close your hands a dozen times or so. Reverse your palms and repeat. This opens the hand chakras. To feel their energy, open your hands and slowly bring your palms together, starting about two feet apart. When your hands are about four inches apart, you should be able to feel a subtle ball of energy like a magnetic field floating between your palms. If you tune in closely, you may even be able to feel it spinning. After a few moments, the sensation will subside, but it can be repeated by opening and closing the palms again as above. On a physical level, chakras correspond to the nerve ganglia, where there is a high degree of nervous activity, and also to the glands in the endocrine system, While chakras are interdependent with the nervous and endocrine systems, they are not synonymous with any portion of the physical body, but exist within the subtle body. Yet their effect upon the physical body is strong, as witnessed by anyone undergoing a kundalini experience. I believe that the chakras generate the shape and behavior of the physical body, much as the mind influences our emotions. An excessive third chakra would exhibit a big, tight belly, A constricted fifth chakra results in tight shoulders or a sore throat. A poor connection through the first chakra may show up in skinny legs or bad knees. The alignment of one spinal vertebra also correlates to the openness of the chakras. For example, our chest is collapsed due to spinal curvature or somatic. The heart chakra may be impeded. The shape of our physical body may even be determined by our development from former lives to be picked up and continued again in this life. In metaphysical terminology, the chakra is a vortex. Chakras spin in a wheel-like manner, attracting or repelling activity on their particular plane by patterns analogous to a whirlpool. Anything the chakra encounters on its particular vibrational level gets drawn into the chakra, processed, and passed out again. Instead of fluid, chakras are made of symbolic patterns of our own mental and physical programming. This programming governs the way we behave. Like programming in a computer, it channels the way energy flows through the system and gives us different kinds of information. Each chakra, which literally means disc, can be thought of as a programming on a floppy disc that runs certain elements of our lives, from our survival programs to our sexual programs to the way we think and feel. Chakras send energy out from the core of the body and they assimilate energy from outside that enters the core. In this way, once again, I define the chakra as an organizational center for the reception, assimilation, and transmission of life energy. What we generate determines much of what we receive, and in this way, it behooves us to work on our chakras and clean up outdated, dysfunctional, or negative programming that may be getting in our way. The content of the chakras is formed largely by repeated patterns from our actions in day-to-day life, as we are always the center point of these actions. Repeated movements and habits create fields in the world around us. Programming from our parents and culture, our physical body shape, situations we are born into, and information from previous lives are also important factors. These patterns can often be seen by clairvoyance when viewing the chakras. Their interpretations give us valuable insight into our behavior. Like an astrological chart, they show us tendencies of the personality, but are not by any means unchangeable. Knowing our tendencies tells us what to watch out for and what to enhance. Through involvement with the outside world, patterns within the chakras tend to perpetuate themselves, hence the idea of karma, patterns formed through action or the laws of cause and effect. Thus, it is common to become trapped in any one of these patterns. This is called being stuck in a chakra. We are caught in a cycle that keeps us at a particular level. This could be a relationship, a job, a habit, but most often, simply a way of thinking. Being stuck can be a function of either overemphasis or underdevelopment of a chakra. The object of our work is to clean the chakras of old, non-beneficial patterns so that their self-perpetuating actions have a positive influence, and our life energy can continue to expand to higher planes. Chakras are associated with seven basic levels of consciousness. As we experience the opening of a chakra, we also experience a deeper understanding of the state of consciousness associated with that level. These states can be summarized with the following keywords, though it must be remembered that these words are a gross oversimplification of the complexity of each level. The chapters that follow will explain each chakra more fully. Their associated elements are given because the elements are of such crucial significance to understanding the quality of the chakra. Chakra 1, located at the base of the spine, is associated with survival. Its element is earth. Chakra 2, located in the lower abdomen, is associated with emotions and sexuality. Its element is water. Chakra 3, located in the solar plexus, is associated with personal power, will, and self-esteem. Its element is fire. Chakra 4, located over the sternum, is associated with love. Its element is air. Chakra 5, located in the throat, is associated with communication and creativity. Its element is sound. Chakra 6, located in the center of the forehead, is associated with clairvoyance, intuition, and imagination. Its element is light. And Chakra 7, located at the top of the head, is associated with knowledge, understanding, and transcendent consciousness. Its element is thought. Chakras can be open or closed, excessive or deficient, or any of the various stages in between. These states may be basic aspects of someone's personality throughout most of their life or something that changes from moment to moment in response to a situation. An ailing chakra may be unable to change its state easily but being stuck in either an open or a closed state. The chakra then needs healing by uncovering and removing whatever is blocking it. If a chakra is blocked in a closed state then it is unable to generate or receive energy on that particular plane such as love energy or communication. If a chakra is blocked in an open or excessive state, that means it tends to channel all energies to that particular plane, such as using all situations to further one's power or meet sexual needs when other forms of behavior might be more appropriate. A closed chakra is a chronic avoidance of certain energies while an excessively open chakra is a chronic fixation. The quality and quantity of energy that one encounters on a particular plane has to do with how open or closed their, per- their respective chakra is or how able they are to control this opening and closing at appropriate times. This governs the amount of activity and complexity we can effectively handle at any given level. For example, someone with a tightly closed third chakra, personal power, would be terrified of confrontation while another who is more open may thrive on it. Someone with an open second chakra, which has to do with sexuality, may juggle many sexual partners while someone who is closed may avoid feeling sexual. Someone whose throat chakra is excessive may talk too much and not really listen, while other, another may be scarcely able to get their words out. There are specific exercises that are designed to facilitate the opening, discharging, or strengthening of each center, but one must first be able to understand the system as a whole. Once the system is understood, individual levels can be approached in various ways. One can focus attention on the area of the body, taking careful note of how it feels and behaves. Understand the philosophical working of that chakra and apply it. Examine the interactions in one's day-to-day life that occur on a level corresponding to that chakra. In this work, any of the correlations to our particular level can be used to access the chakra and change the energy within. For example, you can understand what condition your second chakra, sexuality, is in by first tuning in to what to that area of the body, the abdomen and genitals. Is it fluid, alive, painful, tense, or relaxed? The physical state gives us many clues about the internal processes. The next step is to examine the meaning and function of that particular chakra. What meaning do you ascribe to emotions and sexuality? What values do they hold for you? What kind of programming did you receive about those issues? Then you might examine the quality and quantity of emotional and sexual interaction in your life. Is it what you want it to be? Is it balanced between give and take? Is it an effortless flow of energy or a subject of fear and anxiety? You can then work on improving the health of the second chakra by doing any of the following. Doing physical exercises that pertain to relaxing, opening, or stimulating the sacral chakra area of the body. Working with its associated images, colors, sounds, deities, or elements such as its constant movement and flow of water or its cleansing properties by drinking lots of water, visiting a river, going swimming, all as a means to connect with its associated water element. Or working through your feelings and values about sexuality and emotions and bringing those new insights into your behavior with others. All of these in association together can happen to open these areas. Any or all of these processes may affect changes in your emotional or sexual nature. The body and mind are inseparably interrelated. Each governs and affects the other, and each is accessible through the other. The seven major chakras are also inseparably interrelated. A block in the functioning of one chakra may affect the activity of the one above or below it. For example, you may have trouble with your personal power, third chakra, because of a block in communication with the fifth chakra, or vice versa. Or perhaps the real problem may lie in your heart, the fourth chakra, and only manifests in these other areas because it is buried so deeply. In examining examining the theoretical system as a whole, which all henceforth is capitalized, and applying it to your personal chakra system, lowercase, as it occurs uniquely within you, you learn to sort out these subtleties and patterns and make self-improvements according to your goals. This process will be explained in greater detail as we explore each chakra in depth. Chakras exist in many dimensions simultaneously and thus provide points of entry into those dimensions. In the physical realm, they correspond to particular areas of the body and may be experienced as butterflies in our stomach, frogs in our throat, pounding in our heart, or the experience of an orgasm. Working with the physical associations allows us to use the chakra system to diagnose and, in some cases, heal illnesses. Chakras also correspond to various types of activity. Work is a first chakra activity as it relates to survival. Music relating to sound and communication corresponds to the fifth chakra. Dreaming as a function of inner sight is a sixth chakra activity. In the dimensions of time, chakras describe stages in personal and cultural life cycles. In childhood, the chakras open sequentially starting with the first chakra, which is dominant during the first year of life, and moving upward the crown up toward the crown as we mature into adulthood as adults we may focus on certain chakras more than others at various stages creating prosperity exploring sexuality developing personal power relationships creativity or spiritual exploration in terms of evolution chakras are paradigms of consciousness that prevail in the world at a given time primitive humans existed primarily in the first chakra where survival was the main focus of culture Agriculture and ship travel marked the beginning of the second chakra era. At this millennial time, I believe we are passing from the third chakra era, where the primary focus has been power and energy, to the fourth chakra realm of the heart, where the focus is on love and compassion. While none of these transitions are smooth or sudden, certain phases can be clearly seen over the course of history. In the mind, chakras are patterns of consciousness, belief systems through which we experience and create our personal world. In this way, the chakras really are programs that run our lives. Our lower chakra programs contain information about the body in terms of survival, sexuality, and action. The higher chakras bring us to more universal states of consciousness and work with our deeper belief systems about spirituality and meaning. Sometimes we get locked into a program and it becomes our habitual way of interacting with the world around us. The man, who sees every situation as a challenge to his power, orients from his third chakra. The one who perpetually struggles with survival issues, such as health and money, has difficulty with chakra 1. Someone who lives in his fantasies may be stuck in chakra 6. As you can see, the chakras have many complexities. As metaphors for the manifestation of consciousness on various planes of activity, they are invaluable. Yet, as a complete system, they offer even more understanding to the energetic dynamics of a human being. Shiva and Shakti There is no power holder without power, no power without power holder. The power holder is Shiva, power is Shakti, the great mother of the universe. There is no Shiva without Shakti or Shakti without Shiva. In Hindu mythology, the universe is created by the combination of the deities Shiva and Shakti. The male principle Shiva is identified with pure, unmanifest consciousness. He represents bliss and is depicted as a formless being deep in meditation. Shiva is the inactivated divine potential equal to pure consciousness, separate from its manifestations. He is sometimes seen as the destroyer because he is a consciousness without form, often destroying form to reveal consciousness. Shiva is believed to have the strongest presence at the crown chakra. Shakti, the female counterpart to this inactive consciousness, is the life-giver. She is the entire creation and mother of the universe. Shakti, in her creation of the world, is the inventor of maya, commonly thought of as illusion. Early in the Sanskrit language, maya had the meaning of magic, art, wisdom, and extraordinary power. Maya is the substance of the manifested universe, the mistress of divine creation. Maya is a projection of consciousness, but not consciousness itself. It is said that when karma ripens, Shakti becomes desirous of creation and covers herself with her own maya. The root word shak means to have power or to be able. Shakti is the vital energy that gives power to the forming of life. It is through union with Shakti that the consciousness of Shiva descends and endows the universe, Shakti, with divine consciousness. Among mortals, the woman produces the child but only with the man's seed. She So too, Shakti produces the universe, but only with the seed of consciousness that comes from Shiva. Each of these deities has a tendency to move toward the other. Shakti, as she pushes up from the earth, is described as the divine aspiration of the human soul, while Shiva, descending from above, is the irresistible attraction of divine grace or manifestation. They exist in an eternal embrace and are constantly making love, neither able to exist without each other. Their eternal relationship creates both the phenomenal and spiritual worlds. Shiva and Shakti reside within each one of us. We have only to practice certain principles to allow these forces to join together, bringing us enlightenment from the veil of maya or realization of consciousness buried within so-called illusion. When this occurs, we will have, as the old meanings hint, art, wisdom, and the powers of creation within our very grasp. This last section I want to read you guys because it's a part of the um, meditation technique I'm going to talk to you about when we're done. This is only two pages, so I am almost done reading, I promise. I think it's been about mm, 10 minutes of reading, I'm sorry. But I do notice a lot of you really enjoy when I read, so I don't think I'm sorry. (laughs) This last section is liberation and manifestation. Consciousness thus has a twin aspect, its liberation, mukti, or formless aspect, in which it is a mere consciousness bliss, and a universe or form aspect, in which it becomes the world of enjoyment, bhukti. One of the cardinal principles of spiritual practice is to secure both liberation and enjoyment. Shiva and Shakti can also be seen as representing two currents of energy through the chakras, one downward and one upward. The downward current, which I call the current of manifestation, begins in pure consciousness and descends through the chakras into the manifested plane, gradually becoming denser and denser at each step. To produce a theatrical play, for example, we must begin with an idea or concept, chakra seven. The idea then becomes a set of images, chakra six, which can be communicated to others in the form of a story, chakra five. As the idea further develops and others get involved with it, we enter a set of relationships that help bring it about, Chakra 4. We give it our will and energy, Chakra 3, rehearsing the movements and bringing its conceptual and physical elements together, Chakra 2, and finally manifest the play on the physical plane, Chakra 1, in front of an audience. Thus, we have taken our abstract conception, which began in thought, down through the chakras into manifestation. It is this path of manifestation that is said to be pulled by the enjoyment of life or bhukti. In The other current, called the current of liberation, takes us out of the limitations of the manifested plane into freer and thus more expansive and inclusive states of being. In this path, the energy in matter is released to become hot, lighter and lighter as it moves up through the elements expanding and transforming to a limitless state of pure being. Thus, solid earth loses its rigidity and becomes water, then the energy of fire, the expansion of air, the vibration of sound, the radiation of light, and the abstraction of thought. The liberating current is the pathway usually emphasized in the study of chakras, for it brings personal liberation. It is the pathway through which slow-moving, constricted energy gradually gains new degrees of freedom. It liberates us from outdated or constricting habits from the veil of maya. It is the pathway through which we disentangle ourselves from the limitations of the physical world and find broader scope in the more abstract uh, and symbolic levels. Each step along the liberating pathway is a rearrangement of matter and of consciousness to produce more efficient, energy-rich combinations, a dissolution into our primary source. As this current originates below, it is fueled by the lower chakras, our root, our gut, our needs and desires. While suffering from much prejudice, the downward current is equally important for it enables us to manifest. Each step downward is a creative act, an act of consciousness making choices, taking a step toward limitation, allowing constriction of freedom. Through this constriction, the abstract expanse of consciousness has a a a container that allows it to condense and become solid. In the downward current, each of the chakras can be seen as condensers of cosmic energy. To manifest, we must limit. This requires creating boundaries, being specific, defining structure, and form. To write this book, I must have structure to my life and limit my other activities long enough to complete it. To hold a job, raise a child, finish school, or to create anything tangible, we must be willing to accept limitation. The liberating current brings us excitement, energy, and novelty, while the descending current brings us peace, grace, and stability. In order for either either of these pathways to really be complete... All of the chakras need to be open and active. Liberation without limitation leaves us vague, scattered, and confused. We may have wonderful ideas and lots of knowledge, but we are unable to bring those fruits to any tangible completion. On the other hand, limitation without liberation is dull and stifling. We become caught in repetitive patterns clinging to security and fearing change. In order for us to truly be whole, both currents must be open and active. The chakras may be thought of as chambers in the body where these two forces mix together in different combinations. Each chakra has a different balance of liberation and manifestation. The lower we go in the system, the stronger the momentum of the manifesting current. The higher we go, the more chakras are influenced by the liberating current. This basic polarity is an essential element to understanding how the system works as a whole. And I'm done reading now. But that brings me to the meditation that I wanted to reintroduce to you guys because I'm sure there's new listeners and old listeners, but you may not have heard this before, which is why I have reread that entire entry to you guys, for those who may not know about that. Um, This meditation, okay, starts as any meditation would where you stretch. It's really recommended to take the time to really Become self-aware and stretch out any kinks in your body, but you stretch from head to toe for a good 10 minutes at least. You sit upright in a very comfortable position. You can also lay down straight up and down like on a bed or something, but you may fall asleep before this is over. I've done this many a times to myself thinking I could make it through, (laughs) but you know, you just kind of get too relaxed and you fall asleep. (laughs) So sitting up is definitely more recommended. And you take time, as you would with any beginning of a meditation, and you breathe as many breaths as necessary to relax, let go, center, focus, and feel grounded. You can practice a grounding exercise before this. All these things are going to properly prepare you for such a deeply intentional meditation and help keep you comfortable and focused. Once you feel fully stretched, in a comfortable position, fully focused, aware, and relaxed, you can then start with this meditation. And whichever feels right to you, I usually start from the base with the liberation side going up. And the way you do that, you start at the base chakra, the root chakra, you With the liberation side, think of, this is where knowing what correlates to each chakra becomes so important because you're going to meditate and focus and go through in your own mind how that root chakra area of the body feels, picturing the color, which is red, and... Thinking of how that manifests into your emotions and your physical body and your environment around you, like letting go of what is restricted. So for instance, for the root chakra, it would be survival. Whether you're stressed about money, stressed about manifesting, stressed about your bills or food, things like that, you're going to think of how you feel how that area of the body feels, how you're acting, how that manifests into yourself and your external reality and find ways throughout just a thinking process while breathing and staying calm to liberate that and let go of it. I've been feeling stressed about money, but I know that the universe has my back. I know that I constantly put effort towards gaining my finances to be comfortable and stable. I have a roof over my head. I have food in the house. I am comfortable. I am safe. I am grateful, right? You are letting go of the stresses and tenseness and anxiety and built up blockages of that area of the body and that chakra. And You can focus on each area as long as you need. When I first did this meditation, I did it two times in a row in one week and I focused on one area of the body for a good 10 minutes, just kind of going through, letting thoughts flow, letting things that surface flow and coming to terms and letting go with them Actively thinking and meditating on things that correlate with this area of the body or my life and how I express stress or worry or fear um, and how I can just implement more stability and gratitude and comfortability. I focused on the one chakra for about 10 minutes and went all the way up. You're going to do this for each of them. Start at the root, go up to to the sacral, go up to the solar plexus up to the heart, up to the throat, the third eye, and the crown. And knowing everything about those chakras and just to go through the list again, the color, the parts of the body, the environmental factors, the element, what it has to do with, you can go through this liberation process with each one of them all the way up to the tippy top. Take as much time as you need, seriously. And then, once you get to the top, first of all, if you put enough time and calmness and thought and meditation into each chakra to fully be ready. Like, there were times where I thought in in these meditations, especially the first one, let's just say, for instance, I was at the heart chakra. I thought that I was completely comfortable and ready to move to the throat, but it felt restricted and walled or still tight. And I was like, I'm not done here yet. I still have more to think about, more to let resurface, more to realize and more to let go of and come to terms with and find peace with. This is really a exercise of finding peace with all that has to do with each area and everything. So I stayed there. And I focused more and let things flow. And then when I was truly, truly ready, because you know when you are or you're not, I moved up to the next one. But when you get to the top and you are done with all seven chakras completely and wholly, you are going to feel so light and comfortable and peaceful. Then you're going to go back down. What are you trying to manifest? For me, it would be manifesting peace, health, Stability, love, comfortability, you know what I'm saying? Um, Intuition and awareness and things like that. So, I'm going to start at the top in the crown chakra. And I want to manifest that I am my highest self. All the things I just listed in one sentence go into being my highest and best self, right? Being interconnected with who I'm meant to be, what makes me happy, what makes me feel comfortable, confident, and peaceful. is a really big part of this. In the crown chakra, it's going to be manifesting that I think positive thoughts. I think in healthy ways. I am comfortable with myself and think beautiful thoughts about myself. I view myself in a positive way and I am capable of imagining the things or thinking the things that I want to do with my life, things like that, and I'm going to hone in on what I want to do to keep my thoughts pure and peaceful. Moving down into the uh, third eye chakra. I'm going to do the same thing based on um, like viewing and projecting and seeing w- the same thing. Um, viewing things in a peaceful, kind perception. You know what I mean? Go down to my words in my throat chakra. I'm going to focus on what I can do to keep positive words coming out of my mouth, kind, peaceful communication about myself and about others and anything in my life, down to the heart chakra and all the way down to the root chakra, what I'm going to do to keep myself secure, stable, and peaceful and happy. You know what I'm saying? Once you go from the bottom to the top to the bottom, seriously take your time I cannot express to you enough how much better you're going to feel how much better I felt doing so and I haven't done this in years I did it so many times when I discovered it I haven't done it in years because I feel as though I'm too busy to take two hours to meditate and having a child that's even harder but it's important and it's necessary to do this every so often this meditation and exercise and practice helps you tune into yourself your energy your body, the things around you, how you're feeling, what blockages you've held up in different areas, how to overcome them and unblock them. And it's going to help you move forward in a much more peaceful, comfortable way. And I notice that every time I start to get tense, angry, uncomfortable, scared, fearful, unhealthy, I have to redo this a few times in order to recenter with myself. And I highly recommend it. Like, I had to write down each chakra, what color, element, parts of the body, and areas of life it associates with so that I could properly do this. But it's very beneficial, I promise. And then moving into what this could do for you with the Law of Attraction. To finish out the podcast, we're going to talk just briefly about the Law of Attraction because, well, I read an excerpt. From a book called um, *The Magic*, which covers and explains this very well. But a quick recap, since I feel as though most of you know this already, is that the thoughts, thoughts manifest your reala- reality. Words are spells that play a strong role in manifestation as well. So, by paying attention to what you think, say, and do, is the first step to this. Are you? Are your thoughts angry? Are your words angry, rude, negative? Um, you'll see that reciprocate. So you can work with yourself to recognize your habits and with thinking and speaking and change them to something better, more peaceful. Every time you think something negative, take two deep breaths and rethink something positive, kind and happy, or start slowly changing the way you think and speak. Change a negative thought or sentence in its tracks and redo it. Slowly with consistency, you'll find it easier to start with something positive and kind. No one is perfect, bad things happen, and sometimes you just feel down, even if for no reason. It's just human nature. But the key is changing most of your thoughts, most of your words. You know what I mean? If you're about to say something such as, I hate when traffic makes me late to work. An example of changing this is stopping yourself and thinking of the positive way to say this. You may hate traffic making you late to work, but I really appreciate when light traffic lets me get to work on time or I'm grateful when I get to work on time, even in high traffic days. You know what I mean? You're not focusing on how much you hate traffic and how it makes you late and things because you're technically asking the universe for that. Instead, you can change the the amount of days where you are late because of traffic into The universe hears that I really, really appreciate the days where I do get to work on time, no matter the circumstances, and it makes me happy and makes me comfortable. And I deliberately thought that and spoke it out loud and it's going to bring that to me more. And that is the law of attraction. So it's my belief that by understanding the chakras and how they correlate in all ways, I don't have to list it again, going through this meditation as needed, Seriously taking your time with it when you do it and doing it right is going to be a major, major pivotal step in changing the way you think and feel and practicing the law of attraction in a peaceful way. I think it's what helped cure my depression at 19. I can't say that could be the case for everyone. Every single person on planet Earth is different. But practicing this meditation is what was a huge pivotal point in me curing my own depression. Not doing these things is what allowed me to build up traumas and blockages and habits that kept me from that peace and connection. And I seriously think that in a time where, like I said, the next podcast is going to be a flower moon, I think it can be incredibly essential to such a transformative part of the year where the universe is Bringing you situations that are meant for you, taking you away from situations that aren't meant for you, and bringing you to a point of transforming into a better life and your better self, really letting go of blockages in this way can be extremely beneficial for that process and help you get even further along. You know what I mean? And something that I think you should really think about as well is journaling. It's a good way... For the law of attraction, it's a good way to kind of recognize your thoughts and the way you think. I know the people who have listened for a very long time are like, yes, we know. You know, you say to journal all the time. We really get it. Journal, yoga, water, we get it. But seriously, in this instance, you can let thoughts flow into a journal, write them, you know, in a journal. And see directly in front of you the nature of your thoughts and words. Are, is your journal entry grumpy, pessimistic, or are you grateful and focus on the good? Do you focus on the bad? It's a great tool. I used it for my real estate career, which I just went full-time actually, by telling myself I was going to do well, work hard, find what works, and make my first close this month. Within two days of starting this job fully, I had an open house, two listing appointments, and two buyer appointments. And there was a lot put into that, but positive thinking gave me the energy and courage to do the stuff necessary to do well as a beginner. So the next episode is the flower moon, where we will converse even more about this transformative phase of the year. As you see, when we talk about the full moon coming up, it's literally everything we're talking about. So this podcast was kind of perfect as a transition into the full moon. But I want you to focus on positivity, letting go. I seriously recommend this meditation and let me know, let me know um, on Instagram or any of the things. You can even text me because I put my real estate phone number below Um, because, you know, if you need a Northwest Ohio realtor or anyone you know needs a Northwest Ohio realtor, Not only can I help you, I also give out free movie tickets, two movie tickets to whoever refers someone to me. And that's unlimited. So you could send me 10 clients that go into contract and I'll send you 10 sets of movie night tickets. And if it really gets to that point where it's that many referrals, I'll do different things. But I have that referral program for anyone that needs to look to buy or sell in Northwest Ohio, but I have my real estate information below in the description. So you could even text me, you know, how this meditation helped you or didn't help you and what your thoughts on it are because it changed my life. And that being said, I'm going to head out. I am ever grateful for everyone who listens to this podcast. I'm grateful for the, for the community we've built around inspirational mornings and manifestation and finding ourselves and hit the follow button if you have not already so that you get notified when i upload um and also reviews on whatever platform you listen to would be absolutely amazing whether it's on the blueberry bl- <laughs> blueberry the blueberry Um, website that you get the link to to listen to the episodes on or it's on Apple podcast or any other platform review the podcast the podcast let me know what you think how you feel any suggestions or things that you would like us to cover or talk about me to cover or talk about Um, but reviews help the podcast along it helps us show up to other people who may be needing to listen to something like this or be searching for something like this Um, anybody who should is meant to join the community. Reviewing the podcast is a huge part to putting it in the face of more people. So I'd be very grateful. Um, And as always, the title of the book we covered today will be in the description as well as my real estate email and phone number, my social media, if you guys would like to follow me on social media. And thank you so much. I will see you in the next one. Namaste.